Blog Talk Radio. Another week, and we're here this morning, and everything. We have a special guest for Queen Ohio, or Queen Ohio. Before I bring him on, I just got to take care of a couple of things. I'd like to thank Queen Mother for Real Media for sponsoring Black Herb, for producing Black Urban America. And, um, and we have other shows for the audience to uh, listen to or download and or download. Uh, we have on Thursday mornings, we have uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Daryl Freeman, who has a show called Superior Power in Black America. Also, he has a book named the same thing, Superior Power in Black America. Also, on um, Friday evening, we had the Queen's Roundtable uh, from uh, two Queen Mothers, uh, uh, Ia Afola and Queen Mother Ori. At this Saturday night, we have the infamous Carl Sneed, 8 o'clock p.m., provocative thoughts, and a lot of downloads and a lot of listeners love that show. On Sunday night, we had Queen Mother uh, uh, again on the Rise and Shine with uh, Queen Mother Sonoa. Also, um, uh, on Tuesday morning, you have Wah, me. Black Urban America. So that's the lineup and what have you. And this morning, uh, I bring to you a brother named Arlen Wallace. Uh, uh, he's an economist, and uh, he is from Cleveland, Ohio. Good morning, Arlen. How are you this morning? I am doing I great. Am doing great. Uh, the, uh, the weather is weather. a little uh, foreboding. But that's typical of Cleveland this time of year. It must be cold up there in Cleveland. Oh, I forgot Cleveland's <laughs> a cold weather city. That's how come yes, the sir. Cleveland Browns can't win? <laughs> hold up, hold up. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> I knew I got you on that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> What's that's wrong with the a, Browns, man? You Cleveland. know I used to love the Cleveland Browns, man, when I was young. What's up with Cleveland yeah, Browns? I don't know. We, what we need is honestly, we need a football guy as the, as an owner, not a guy looking to make profit. So until that you know, until that changes, yeah, you, you know, you, you know, with you being in the business field, you know that's what it's all about is making money off of everything in this country. 
Well, well, I would say yes, but uh, as we will talk about as we go further, good segue, um, we'll find out that you can, all, you can have a triple bottom line. You can actually do things that are good for the people, make profit, and good for the environment. So you, you can accomplish all three things at the same time. So you can be a football player. I agree. Guy, you, can make, you can make your money, and you can win championships. It all can be done. Yeah, but Cleveland have won the championship since Jim Brown in the 50s. I, I can't hear you 50. anymore. Uh, 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 Cleveland has not won a championship since Jim Brown in the 50s. I, I heard you, but I'm, I'm not hearing you, is the thing. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay. Um, so just really quick, I am a, uh, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised. I, uh, Went to the military at 18, came home about two years later. I got out early, honorable discharge, if you must know. Um, mm-hmm. And I went to school. I started going to school at Cleveland State, but I kind of wasn't ready. So I just went out and got into the workforce, spent a lot of years in the workforce, different types of jobs, corporate America, you know, factory, any kind of job. And uh, I decided, uh, you know, I got into the real estate game. Uh, but what I really wanted to do is uh, – is find out how money works. So what I did was I took some good advice from a friend, mentor, and went back to school. So I went back to school for uh, business and finance. Uh, during that process, that same time, I had started a, uh, a little business where I was doing uh, a little bit of real estate, a little bit of business development, and that sort of thing. But n- none of that really took off until after I finished college because I was focused on that. So now what I do is business development, okay, and it's uh I guess you could call it a consultancy, which is kind of a, you know, one of those sanitation engineer, uh, <laughs> uh, words. But what what really I do is help people take their ideas and turn them into businesses, uh, and that process, you know, is I, I try to be very technical with it because right. I think a lot of times. A lot of times what people do is they get into businesses and and not really take into consideration all of the the uh factors. Uh and so right. then I work on I work on their education level, uh, and then I work on, you know, operations, how to actually produce whatever the, the product or service is, marketing and really importantly, and this will what we'll be getting to a little bit later, is the financing aspect. So you, when you build in a company, you have to develop it in such a way that when someone looks at it, they on paper they say, "Oh, that's a strong business." Because people who right. invest, they research you and look you up on paper and find out, you know, what's, what your cash flows are, what your projections are, what, you know, how you're making money, if you're profitable, and that sort of thing, and also your your business credit rating, which is very important. So all of those things I I help my clients do. I have a uh, three or four sets of uh, programs that I run uh, that with varying levels of intricacy as to how I'm going to help my clients uh, start and ex- or expand their businesses. So that's what I do personally. Uh, on the other side of what I do is I, I got into community work uh, when I started back uh, going to school too. So I took a class, and uh, one of our projects 
where our project was to uh, start a food cooperative. Uh, it had very little success, but just like with anything in life, you learn from a failure. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Is, uh, you know, to be able to start a company or any kind of venture or initiative. Okay. Now, there are 13.2 million African Americans in this country. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, 40%, 40% of our families are living at the poverty line or below the poverty line. Also, there are issues of housing among uh, low-income to moderate-income uh, um, families. Now, how Correct. can your concept and your strategy get 40%? 40% and I just want to say this. I just want to say this for a second before I ask the question. Okay. With 40%, of African American families on the par, uh, at the poverty level, how uh, and and with uh, President Obama statistics saying that unemployment poverty uh, has been addressed, do you think that your business ideas can assist the forty percent? Well, uh, I do. Uh, I do. But you. But you, what you have to do you is you can't think. You have to think long term. So, the idea is to set to have a kernel which consists of three parts that I'll explain if uh, if I get a chance. But with those three parts, you can take that kernel and and uh, basically ship it anywhere. You can do it in any city or any major metropolitan area where we are. And so that being the case, you can set up uh, this this plan and this particular initiative or activity, business activity anywhere and help through the process, build up that the jobs issue and take care of housing as well. Um, so yes, I do believe that that's possible. It, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I know. How can a person that's mm-hmm. unemployed, they may have no skills or lack or, or lack of skills. How can you encourage this individual to explore his uh, his his skill level, his mm-hmm. his uh, background, uh, mm-hmm. and other assessment tools that you need to explore in order to uh, uh, motivate this individual? To go into business for themselves. Well, it's 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 sort of like this. Um, I couldn't. I, it is no way that I can motivate a person. There's no way for anyone to motivate anyone. At the end of the day, uh, what has to happen is you have to come to a point where you're tired of not having what you want in life. So what I would what I would well, only thing that I could do as a as an individual trying to mentor or talk to someone about that is to like look show them the future like the the ghost of economic future and mm-hmm. say hey if you do, if you do not do such and such a thing to prepare yourself for your future then you're going to end up here do you want to end up here and then hopefully that would uh 
initiate a thought about what they're interested in, most importantly, and then take what they're interested in, get the skills uh, around that interest, and then turn that into a business. And then that's where I could help them at, turning that skill into a business. Uh, how can, uh, how important is having black businesses in the black community on the community level? I'm not cor- I'm not talking about corporate level. I'm right, talking right. about community more on the community level. It 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 is it is it has been shown or history has shown us that the mom and pop has to have a place in the economic order because without it everyone is dependent upon the corporate structure and the corporate structure does not care about your employment your economic health your wealth they don't care about it they're not designed to care about it so what they will do is maximize their profit which would mean shipping jobs overseas downsizing employing employing uh technologies to so that they can lay off people and save money so uh the only way to ensure your own economic future is to take it into your own hands and start a small business but what's 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 just as important is uh having what I call an ecology of businesses in an area uh and that means businesses that feed off of each other so if I own a uh store then someone owns someone is producing things that go into that store if I have a restaurant, someone is growing the food that I would buy to serve at that restaurant. Uh, and that sort of thing, if uh, or have a black-owned bank in that area, which we'll get to later, or and things of that sort, so that all of the me- the economic mechanisms are working together, so that gives that makes the whole system or that local economy uh, more viable long term and be self-sustaining. So you talk about recycling dollars on the community level in, in African American communities. It has to be done. If it if all of your money goes out, you are poor. I don't care how much money you make, it all goes out and your wealth does not increase. That's just a mathematical fact. So, so tell even me. if you say so mm-hmm. let me just say this. Even if you I, I I thought about this and I wrote it somewhere, but uh even if you saved up a million dollars in your 401k, right? The, when you stop working, what do you end up doing with that million? spending it down. That's one thing. And you're spending it down in corporate in the corporations that you've always been spending it with. So they end up getting all of your money back from you. You saved it just to give it back. The other thing is money is not means of production uh that uh that you can pass on to your children. If you have if if you pass on money, merely money to your children, then they're gonna spend that down. It's just a fact. But if you uh, uh, buy and own durable goods, uh, uh, housing, commercial property, means of production, I'm talking about cranes and, and tractors and things like that that are used to build and grow food and all that type of stuff, manufacturing plants, if you own and control those, those last generations and always build wealth and not just spend wealth. So that's what we need. You know, um, 
African American historically, African American communities used to be very vibrant economically. What happened to all our businesses? Corp- corporations, corporatism. Period. That's that's what happened. Uh, I wrote, I, I write about this all the time because I, it's just something that I, it just smacks me in the face all the time. What mm-hmm. has happened? And this started. Uh, this started with the Great Migration from the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we used to have land down south. You know, even if they were just sharecroppers or something like that, they still had land that they worked on, produced their own income, and basically ran little small businesses as farms and carpenters and and uh, blacksmiths and tanners and all that type of stuff. Uh, and what happened is the, as uh, competition or other factors or just plain racism uh, started to erode their business uh, fortunes, they they saw opportunities in the North to go get, quote-unquote, jobs, mm-hmm. right? So they right. went North and, got, and started working for someone else. And that is the beginning of the end of vi- uh, vital, self-sustaining black community economies, period. Do you think integration do you think integration had a part of uh in um in our businesses um disappearing oh absolutely absolutely i remember i had a discussion with uh someone online and they were saying they said this that black people yes they they agreed that black people did used to have their own small economies in their neighborhoods and communities. But he's, this is what he said. He said that these were second-rate companies and small businesses, and so the integration factor was us deciding we wanted better products from the established white community. So instead of going to a small uh, uh, mom-and-pop black-owned restaurant, you wanted to go to the nice, nice what considered to be nicer white restaurant and spend your money there. Downtown so, where you wasn't downtown. where where you're not wanted. They just want your money. Exactly. Exactly. So then that 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 transition, that integration, just to keep the code words in there, integration mm-hmm. as a as a as a movement, as a as an initiative, it took black dollars out of the community and, and placed them elsewhere. Could you split now let's go to your three parts he was mentioning earlier. Explain okay. the three parts to the audience. Okay, well, uh, the three parts consist of a financial institution, uh, which, which, which uh, for my money and to complete the whole process, should be a cooperative type banking institution. And what I mean by cooperative is is that it's uh, not for profit. What it does is. Any profit it makes, it distributes it back to the members or the depositors. Hey, Mr. Wells, that sounds like socialism. Oh, man, that's crazy, right? (laughs) That sounds a little bit. Are you an undercover Marxist, Mr. Wallace? Hey, check this out. Um, It's a good (laughs) thing. Right. It's a good thing we're not scared of word word connotations. Right. the Amer- America has done a good job of demonizing the word socialism and communism. Right. If you really want to 
So we have right. what we have to do with with our people is we educate them on what the definition of the words are. Right. Okay. So when you say socialism, uh, you don't scare people. But what I tend to do is to not even use the word because we're not ready to use the word. And it, and it's really not right. necessary anyway because I really believe isms as things should really go away. True. Because what isms and also groupings. Yeah, isms and groupings or, or, or uh, stereotypes and all that t- sort of thing are boxes of thought that you can't get out of. So what we should always be doing is establishing something, le- knowing full well that it will evolve from there. So let's not put an ism on it. Let's just make it be what it is and then let it evolve uh, organically. So back to the institution. The, the financial institution should be not, not-for-profit, which means it distributes uh, profits back to the members, the other function of it is that it lends at cost, and that means um, you, you're giving, you're passing savings on to the people who you lend to because you're not adding a margin for profit onto what you what you're lending for. So, uh, in a, in a certain situation, normal banks would charge eight, nine, ten percent for a loan, business loan, or more, uh, but be, and that's because they need profit. Whereas a cooperative bank would uh, charge you four, five, six percent or less, because it's not adding profit margin to the cost of that loan. So Can automatically, you, 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 you go ahead. Um, if okay, the main problem issue mm-hmm. for the past fifty years. Okay, a Black individual, especially a black man, and I'm going. Uh, that's just a two part question. Well, 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 a black man decides that he want to go into business and he wants small business loan. He go to the but a lot of black men the last forty to fifty years have been turned down for these small business loans. Now with the Absolutely. cooperative, yeah, with the cooperative banking that you're describing, at four to six percent. Mm-hmm. Will that issue come into play when a African American man, and I really focus on African American men, because African American men have the highest unemployment rate mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the United States of America, which I feel is by design. We're not stupid, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so will that come into play when they go to these co-op banking institutions? Well, see, this is where the other parts come. The other parts of the uh, of the system come in. Now, mm-hmm. there are now you have the cooperative bank uh, that would do the lending, but what it also has is a nonprofit uh, adva- uh, advisory panel or advisory mm-hmm. board, and this would be. Uh, 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 an institution that would work with and mentor through like what you would call like trade associations to educate, to help uh, build their operations and their marketing and all of that sort of thing so that the businesses are more viable coming in on paper so that they would be investment grade or uh, bankable is the word I'm looking for. So if, uh, we would have the uh, the other section of the of the uh, system 
that would work with the uh, the persons trying to get loans and be a liaison between the bank so that the banking requirements are met, but also that the uh, the mission of lending in particular areas to particular people is met and it's met through education and uh, and partnering with them and helping them through the process of beginning and starting to grow as a business so that they don't get declined because they're not a viable company. You see what I'm saying? So you work with, yes. you partner with them so that they can be more, more viable. And that way the bank can lend uh, within the guidelines of lending institutions in America. Um, I will bring a little history question to you back in okay. the eighties, back in the late seventies and eighties, there was a gentleman in New York city by the name of Bob law. And he used to come on at night. It was a radio talk show. It was a black radio talk show that no longer exists. I wonder why. Uh, hmm. uh, Bob Law used to express some of the same things that you're expressing this morning. And he did an experiment in, the, uh, in, in Red Hook, I believe it was, which is a section in Brooklyn, New York. He did an experiment. He, uh, on one hand, he built a store that seemed to be owned by white folks. Uh, it was dirty in there. The price was higher, and the cash uh, and the cashier was very disrespectful to the uh, 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 residents, to the customers. Uh, down mm-hmm. the block was a store that looked to be owned by black folks. It was cleaner, lower prices, and the cashier was very respectful to the customers. And one day he was standing out there uh, to just look at experiment, see how it was working. And he saw this old lady, uh, the senior citizen, and, and and it was snowing. And she walked past the black store to go to the white store. And he ran across the street and said, ma'am, ma'am, you know, it's the same store. Why don't you go to that store? That store, you know what she said? I'm not doing any business with them blank, the N-word. Right, right. How can we, with this business model, mm-hmm. try to get past the self hatred mm-hmm. and the lack of trust, lack of trust among us? Because if, if, if people, people listening to this show, people that read your articles. And people that listen to all these black economists say, oh, that sounds great. That's beautiful and everything. Well, we have, if, but if you talk to the black layman on the street, first of all, he's not going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, he might know what you're talking about. Number two, in the back of his mind, you're going to have some distrust about his people. So how can we get through the get through that wall? Well, it's that's a multifaceted it's a multifaceted answer, and it, it but it starts with uh, first the first thing you could do. The, this is with any business. The first thing you do is compete on price and experience. So, say you want to you you're a coffee shop and you want to compete with uh, Starbucks, you have to compete on price, which means everything about your business has to equal up to you delivering a product that is. Uh, competitive on price and then the experience part you have to compete with the ambiance and the experience that people will receive at the competitor 
So if you're doing right. those two things, you set yourself in the in the proper. And then we can't forget customer service. And we right. know, we all know, we all we all blacks, and we know how the customer service is an issue in our community. But sure I, is. I will I will say this though, and uh, I was talking to my mom the other day about this exact same thing. And I had to let her know that one of the reasons why black people or any working person could come on a job and have a bad attitude is one very specific thing that people never think about, that they're working for someone else and getting paid a wage that maybe doesn't supply them is not a living wage. Right. Okay. So that, that, those are two things that, that come, that people come to a job and and they're not happy. So one of the one of the one of the solves or solutions for that is that if this is a family business, then the person who owns it is happy to be there. They're working for themselves. They're taking their own financial and economic and social uh, happiness and wealth in their own hands. So they they come in with a better attitude, and their children are working there. So they'd have a different attitude about working there. So that's one, uh, and then the uh, so then you that's how you solve the customer service experience issue. You've already done the uh, comp- you're competing on price, so you did that. That's business. The other part is the social aspect. If we have if we're doing our job in terms of lending and starting small businesses and building the uh, local economies, then more and more people are involved in business. They have their own company. So it becomes a reciprocity thing. So right. I, I have a business. You have a business. We're mm-hmm. going to do business. But if you right. have a situation where, where the majority of the people in the community are not involved, don't, they don't feel like they're a part of the economy, uh, you know, um, and, and they've had their experiences, the bad experiences with customer service or bad situations with black businesses, then they're not going to want to be a part of it. But if they're one, if you won, you've created a, a solid situation with price, competitive price and competitive experience. You've done that. You've uh, And you now have a situation where more people are involved in the economy. So the reciprocity mm-hmm. comes into effect. That solves a lot of that problem of trust and all of that. It's inclusion that, that solves that. The crabs in a barrel thing is, the reason why you pull a crab down out of the barrel is because you don't want – it's like you're pulling him down so you can get up. But if we have a right. situation where everybody everybody can get up and there's no barriers, then you don't feel the need to pull someone down. That's that's part of the solution is more involvement, getting more people involved and feeling like they're part of the economy. Hey, and um, I'm about to uh, ask you a very sensitive question. <laughs> and you don't have to respond to the question if you don't want to. I'm going to ask it anyway, because my show wouldn't be what it is if I didn't ask these type of questions. Now, okay. I lived in several black communities up in the north. And some of these communities have the same dynamics. One, none of the businesses, none of the local businesses look like us. Two, these business owners are from other cultures that may not respect the African American. Right. And number three, 
these same business folks come in at 6 o'clock in the morning, open up their shops or stores or whatever. At the end of the day, they take, at the end of the night, they take their money and leave the neighborhood. If we get into yes, business ventures, do you need? Do you think we need to get these folks out of our neighborhoods? Well, <clears throat> this my idea is, is I think I heard this from uh, I think it's book book Mister Fuller, and what he said was is that you don't uh, fight against the system, you re- you replace it with a better one. Mm. So. In this particular case, if we're, uh, we're, we're empowering uh, African Americans to be to be business owners, they have stores, they have their own stores, they have businesses, and, and it, we're, we're doing our job, then those those type of entities would disappear on their own. You don't have to get rid of anybody. They they they, they will close up for lack of business. Do you feel on the business business level that our community is being invaded or neglected? Um, no, we're neglecting ourselves. It's, it's things that we're not doing. I'm not. I'm. I, I. I will never have victim talk come out of my mouth. So all we need to do is do is 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 find out what what we need to do and then do it. There's nothing that's stopping us. We just have to do it. So it's not we're neglecting ourselves. So why you think we're neglecting that? I mean, like, what happened? At one time, the, the mm-hmm. black community was a beautiful place to live, and now I talk about on the business level, uh, and right. now it's not. Well, we talked about it. We talked a little bit about it earlier with the the idea of a job. Okay, so that was that that was a, a factor. Uh, and then uh, some of the some brothers and sisters uh, found themselves not able to even get involved in that. So what we end up doing was doing uh, some semi-legal gray area or illegal type of uh, ways to make money, which you know unfortunately are parasitic to the community. You see what I'm saying? Right. So we we're talking about drugs. We're talking about running numbers. Yeah. We're talking about you know uh, loan sharking. All that type of stuff was going on. So. If you have the, both of those things going on at the same time, and then you have money being uh, going out of the community, never staying in the community, then you have uh, people who do have money not investing in the community or starting businesses because they have the mindset like, "Look at these people; they're they're killing themselves." They're, they're, you know, instead of partnering with these same people like we plan on doing. Like, I don't have that idea. I know brothers and sisters are smart, they have interests, they have skills or the ability to get skills, and they want to do certain things for themselves, uh, but they, they don't have the access to the, the, the resources that they need. So that's what happened. The resources were pooled because people had an idea, a stereotype of the community. So you have all these forces acting at one time. You have jobs that aren't, aren't secure. You have people not, that can't even get into the job market because it's overcrowded. Uh, and then you have illegal, you have illegal activity going on uh, that's parasitic to the community and hurting the community like drugs, and gambling, gangs, and all this type of stuff. And then you ha- and then because all that's going on, you have a, a lack of investment in that community. So you add all that together and what you have 
is the urban devastation and right. destruction. It's like economic bomb, economic bomb. Yes. Let, let me. You brought up something that's very uh, important. I call it black flight, uh, mm-hmm. uh, physical, mental, and emotional black fight flight. Okay, mm-hmm. just like the white flight in the late sixties. Well, there was a lot of black flight in the eighties due to the crack epidemic. And like I said, it's not only black flight physically, but black flight emotionally and mentally. Um, right, right. How how can we get those folks mm-hmm. that feel they don't belong to us anymore? Uh, 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 get them to partner with some of the low-income communities in this country? Um, I, uh, can I be very blunt here? Sure. <laughs> be blunt as you want to be. Man, if they feel like that, F them. Because you don't need that. What you need, this is why this the, the plan that we're putting together is, is better than begging someone who don't want to do business with you. Okay, so what you want to do is you want to take those in the community or maybe in the surrounding community who who do want to help, who are in mm-hmm. the community and do want to get things accomplished and do want to do things and do want to uh, help themselves, then you work with those people. And then you build it up, and then the rest of the people will come back later and say, hey, can we get down? And then we'll say, sure, more money. But until then, we got to do what we got to do for ourselves. So, and when, you, when you're talking about uh, black flight, you got white flight, you got Indian flight, you got every kind of flight. Don't nobody want to mess with the hood. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we can't worry about that. What we have to do is have what, what W.E.B. Du Bois would call the talented Tim say, hey, we about to do something and do it. And then once we do it, get it going. Then it'll be like the, the, the lamp in the dark room and everybody want to congre- congregate around it and say, oh, look, can we be down? And then, you know, I wouldn't even have any uh, bad feelings about it because I understand why people want to not be involved with something that seems bad. So You know, there's a lot. To- historically, you know, historically, there have been some stereotypes about the talented tent. Um, right. Where some people right. may call them bourgeois. Uh, right. Some people may call them uh, um, uh, uh, non-consciousness people. Uh, right. Uh, all, uh, uh, all kinds of stereotypes. Uh, right. Instead of uh, instead of uh, finding out the reason why they feel the way they feel. Um, tell about the but, talented. Okay. Let, me, let me address. Let me address that. Let me address that. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Well, see, this is one of the reasons why it's very hard to have conversation because so much of our our um, our uh, dialogue, dialogue and, and, and speech is filled with connotation. So when I say talent intense, you automatically think boule. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know, but but what all I really mean is uh, smart people who care, not yeah. not smart people who don't care. That's the talented three percent. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, however you want to work. I don't think you get the ten percent on that one. People care about the hood. No. Well, I don't you know. know. We can true. make it now. Now, anyway. 
But that's what I'm saying. You don't even need. That's what I'm saying. With this, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Um, it t- it's going to take about eight dedicated people to get this thing wow. started. Because that's eight all people. Eight people, yeah. bro. But I'm not talking about just any old eight people. I'm saying eight people who have good networks, good fund fundraising capability. You know, have money of their own, have some skill. Uh, or experience and interest in certain areas that match up with with the sectors that need to be built in the economy that we're trying to start. So, I mean, it's very specific, the type of eight people that we need, but at the same time, it's only eight people. And eight people could spread. Uh, In closing, you know, uh, uh, we're running out of time. Uh, I really, I really, I I, uh, I really enjoyed this discussion. And uh, I know we didn't get to, I know we didn't get to everything that you want to get to, but guess what? You, uh, oh, you will be coming back in a month or two to really finish. And also, I'll go mm-hmm. be in contact with you for your expertise privately. Um, okay. You like to say anything in closing? Um, I, you know, uh, one of the things that I I don't like to do, like to talk, like give fiery speeches and you know, calls to action and rah-rah movements, what I would just say is that... You sound like Dr. Clark. I mean, because that's just what it... I mean, I, I'm not into that. What I'm into, I'm very technical. I know well, uh, a lot about what we need. Uh, at the same time, I know that uh, it's going to take other people with other types of skills and so that we can work together. I just want to let people know that it is totally within the realm of possibility. More than that, it's, it's, all, it's very straightforward. I wouldn't say... It's a must. And, and, and to add to all of that, that it's possible, it's, it's straightforward, slightly easy, because it's been done a thousand times by other peoples. But at the same time, add on to that, that it's an absolute must. Like Dr. Claude Anderson said, we are real close to being a permanent underclass. And if we don't do this, we're through. Period. And we have so to do it any, now. And yeah. if you need any more motive, I don't know what other motivation you need. If you care, then it's it's, it's possible. It's slightly easy. Uh, it takes a little bit of effort, but it's an absolute must. And so, what I would okay. like to do is get people to call. The, the, I need people to know where to go. Where to go to All right. help out with okay. something like this. That's our clue. All right, Arlen, I'm going to be talking to you within a week or two, all right? All right. You have a good week. Hey, let people know. Okay, there you have it. (laughs) All right. All right. There you have it. We need this development. We need people to come together. We need people to change their attitudes towards each other so we can have these business ventures so we can develop our community. And with that, I am because we are. We are because I am. See you. I love you.
Hello, can you can anybody hear me? 